time for your morning briefing of junior mining and mineral exploration news. You are tuned in to Mining Stock Daily. Now, reporting from the Clear Creek Digital Studios in Denver, Colorado, here's your host, Trevor Hall. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back into the Mining Stock Daily Morning Briefing. I'm Trevor Hall. And I'm Paul Harris. Today is Wednesday, February 9th. After a big rise in price Monday, the rally in gold and silver followed through with another nice move yesterday. Gold moved up $6 an ounce, settling just below $18.27 after hitting $18.30. Silver, which is was given a $0.25 cent ride down to as low as $22.77 per ounce early morning Tuesday, shot up like SpaceX rocket as high as $23.26 before settling at $23.19 up 17 cents from Monday. The Mining Stock Journal said it's a good sign that Monday's big move in the sector continued on Tuesday. The newsletter said that Friday's commitment of traders report showed an unusually large decline in the COMEX bank short interest in gold contracts and an even bigger decline in the hedge fund long position. Silver also saw a big decline in the bank short position that was accompanied by a similar reduction in the hedge fund long side. Historically, this open interest pattern precedes a big move higher in the sector. The mining stocks continued to show signs of life, with the GDX rising 1.28%, led by silver stocks. The Mining Stock Journal noted that the GDX has risen 8% in the last seven trading days. Right now, there's a bullish move in the sector underway that has garnered zero notice from the mainstream media. We'll get to the news from the juniors and the miners shortly, but first, a quick word from today's sponsor. This episode of Mining Stock Daily is brought to you by Arizona Sonoran Copper Company. Arizona Sonoran is a lower-risk copper developer with a significant exploration potential on private land just south of Phoenix in an infrastructure-rich area of Arizona. The Cactus Project PEA illustrates an 18-year mine life generating $1 billion U.S. post-tax free cash flow. It is a scalable, low-capital-intensity project with strong leverage to the copper price. The company is led by an executive management team and board which have a long-standing track record of successful project delivery in North America, complemented by global capital markets expertise. You can read more about the company at ArizonaSonoran.com. And here's what you need to know this morning. Vista Gold announced the results of their feasibility study for the Mount Todd Gold Project in the Northern Territory of Australia. At a 1600 gold price, the project holds an after-tax NPV of almost $1 billion and an IRR of 20.5%. There has been a 19% increase in the proven and probable mineral reserves, now estimated to be 6.98 million ounces of gold at a cutoff grade of 0.35 grams per ton. With a 16-year mine life, Mount Todd projects to have an all-in sustaining cost of $928 per ounce. Vista Gold's president, Fred Ernest, stated in the news release that these results will appeal to many potential partners, investors, and lenders, and allow the company to evaluate a broad range of development alternatives for Mount Todd. Vista Gold trades on the NYSC American and the TSX with VGZ. 
Oceana Gold expects its gold production to jump 70% over the next three years as its DDPO operation in the Philippines ramps back up to full production. The company also expects to incur a non-cash post-tax impairment of $102 million, including an impairment of $181 million due to increased costs at its Halley operation in North Carolina in the US, and an impairment reversal of $79 million to fully reinstate the carrying value of DDPO. The company provided a three-year outlook which sees gold production rising to about 450 to 490,000 ounces and 11,000 tonnes of copper in 2022 to between 580 to 620,000 ounces plus 12 to 14,000 tonnes of copper in 2024. Oceana Gold trades on the TSX and ASX under OGC. I'm glad I gave you the hard one to read all the numbers, Paul. <laughs> Let's move on. Apollo Silver announced a maiden resource estimate for the Waterloo and Langtree Silver properties, collectively referred to the Calico Silver Project in San Bernardino, California. The project has an inferred resource of 58.1 million tons, grading 89 grams per ton for 166 million ounces contained. Within this is a high-grade subset of 15.9 million tons, grading 139 grams per ton for 71 million ounces contained, using a $23 per ounce silver price. Apollo Silver trades on the TSX Venture under APGO and on the OTCQB under APGOF. Sticking with silver, Andean Precious Metals updated the mineral resource estimate for its San Bartolome silver mine in Bolivia to include stockpiles of previously crushed and sorted material at the Fines Despositional Facility, which will serve as the primary input in the upcoming Life of Mine expansion study. The updated, measured and indicated Fines resource is 10.2 million tonnes, grading 50 grams a tonne silver and 0.12% tin for 16.2 million ounces of silver and about 12,000 tonnes of contained zinc within a broader project resource of 27.5 million ounces of silver. San Bartolome expansion work is focused on the development of flow sheets to produce silver dore and tin concentrates from the finds. Andean Precious Metals trades on the TSXV under APM and on the OTCQB under ANPMF. And sticking with silver, Honey Badger Silver announced more channel, chip and rock sample results from its platter property in Yukon, Canada. Highlights from rock samples included almost 17,000 grams per tonne silver, 0.18 grams per tonne gold, 68% lead and 0.83% zinc in the P1 zone and almost 8,000 grams per tonne silver, 1.5 grams per tonne gold, 58% lead and 1% zinc in the P6 zone. Trench and chip sampling highlights included 4,300 grams per tonne silver, 46% lead and 22% zinc over 1 metres at the P2 zone. The company said the sampling confirms the occurrence of extremely high-grade silver over an extensive area associated with two district mineralising events. Honey Badger Silver trades on the TSXV under TUF and on the OTCQB under HBEIF. Uh, so this was an entering piece of news. Cameco announced their 2021 financial results this morning, including a 50% increase in their 2022 dividend, aligned with 70 million pounds of long-term contracting and improving market fundamentals. The company reported fourth quarter net earnings of $11 million, but an annual net loss of $103 million. I don't know. 
note to self, I don't know if I've seen a company report an annual loss and increase their dividend. But the financials comes with a twist. In 2021, Cameco was operating at about 75% below capacity, which they admit came at a significant cost to their business. The company stated in the news release this morning that by 2024, they plan to be operating at about 40% below productive capacity, and it will remain their production plan until there are further improvements to the uranium market and more in-ground inventory under long-term contracts are secured. Starting in 2024, it is Cameco's plan to produce 15 million pounds per year at MacArthur River in Key Lake, 40% below the annual license capacity of the operation. And at that time, they plan to reduce production at Cigar Lake to 13.5 million pounds per year, 25% below its annual license capacity, for a combined reduction of 33% of license capacity at the two operations. Cameco trades on the TSX with CCO and on the NYSC with CCJ. And that is, uh, Paul, that, that's really, it, was, it took me a while to really digest the news from Cameco. There was a lot to it, but uh, they're slowly starting to kind of come out of the hole here. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a particularly well-written press release because there was a lot of information in there and uh, talking about a percentage of capacity rather than actual you know, physical numbers uh, of what their production is going to be. Um, it's perhaps not the best way to, to communicate what they said. But yeah, the net story is uh, they're, they're increasing production. I think prices are um, solidifying and looking to go better in the future. Yeah, good news for the uranium sector all around. So uh, let's let's wrap it there, Paul. That concludes today's morning briefing. The Mining Stock Daily Morning Briefing is produced by Clear Creek Digital and Investment Research Dynamics Mining Stock Journal. It is distributed throughout the world through your podcast network of choice and by our friends over at the Junior Mining Network. Until later today, I'm Trevor Hall. And I'm Paul Harris. Have a great day, everybody. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.